turned over ready to roll? All right. This is my brother, Brian Rucker. Many of you know Brian. Brian's going to be sharing with us today. He became a brother four and a half years ago. Actually, I think we got his baptism on YouTube, I think. <laughs> but the field, of, you know, you got to be careful around here. You'll show up anywhere. Uh, but uh, Brian uh, uh, has just really grown in the Lord. We've asked him to share with us today. I just want to have a prayer over you, brother, and then you bring us the word, okay? Yes, sir. Father, thank you so much for this brother of mine. Uh, he's had a tremendous journey in life. And while he didn't really know how it was going to work out, you knew all along how you were going to use him in the kingdom. Thank you for rescuing him. Thank you for the power of the gospel to change his heart and life. And thank you for his willingness to share. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, can you all hear me? Good. Good morning, church. How are you all feeling this morning? Oh, you all sound really tired right now. Say, good morning. How are y'all feeling? Good morning. There we go. So uh, I want everybody to do something real quick with me. And uh, this might be a little cheesy or whatever. But uh, I just want everybody to take a real big, deep breath. Okay, just breathe it in. Let it out. All right? Let's relax. We're all family here. You know, let's get a little loose. Feel free to say amen. Feel free to clap. Scream if you want to. You know what I'm saying? Let's just get a little crazy this morning. Let's relax and just love one another. And you know, in the topic of love, that's really what I'm going to be talking about. Um, you know, I, I actually got a funny story. I'm, I'm super exhausted this morning. I, uh, I, I embarked on this journey last night to rid my home of a mouse that had gotten into it. And so I, I'm sitting there, and I'm hanging out with my buddy Luke, and, and I'm playing Xbox just hanging out, typical Saturday night, and uh, I hear this noise, sounds like a, like an old chew toy or something, and, it, and it's like squeaking, and then I hear it like going across the floor, I'm like, oh, that's a mouse, all right, so I'm like, all right, I know what I got to do here, we go to the store, we get a bunch of those little sticky traps, we bring them back, I get some peanut butter, and uh, I, I knew that I had heard the mouse somewhere around the trash can in the kitchen. And so I politely asked Luke, hey, man, will you take out the trash? You know, just kind of set him up for that. And, uh, and he goes over there, and he's, like, getting the trash together. And then this mouse literally jumps out of the trash can, runs up his arm, goes down the hallway. And then me, naturally, just being the manly man that I am, take off running. All right? Hey, look, I'm from the projects, all right? We don't play around with mouses. Alright, and so I take off running, and, uh, and I'm like, where's it at, where's it at? He goes, ran behind the couch, I'm like, oh man. And so, uh, and so next thing you know, we're on this like five hour journey of like baiting sticky traps with peanut butter and laying them out everywhere, and uh, woke up this morning to find that there was no mouse caught. So, uh, the, the search continues, as they would say. So. And so, you know, I'm super exhausted. It's like I was up to 2 a.m. trying to find this mouse. And I know that if I'd have had some of my friends and family that are sitting here today, y'all would have known exactly what to do. You know, I don't know what to do. I'm from the city. I'm from Houston. You know? And so, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to share that funny story with you just to get us all loose and everything and talk about things and laugh 
You know, uh, one thing that I know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, is that this church changed my life. You know, and the reason why this church changed my life, it wasn't about the singing. It wasn't about the preaching. It wasn't necessarily about the lights or anything else. What it was about was the love. The love of this church changed my life. The love that I was shown whenever I came to West Monroe, Louisiana, is what provoked my heart and my mind to an alternative way. And after I got provoked to that alternative way, it made me see something different. And so I want to share a little bit this morning about that story. Uh, Also, I just want to share what God's put on my heart in regards to love and ultimately us loving one another, living in unity together. You know, we've been uh, they've been doing this series on one, you know, us living as one, acting as one. And and I think it just kind of falls in line with one of one of the things that have been on my heart lately and going out and sharing with people is uh, just trying to get everybody to live in unity together. No matter where you're from, uh, what tax bracket you're in, what job you hold or anything else, because the truth is, is whenever we're in this room. This body of belief, like we're Christians, right? It's not like, oh, I'm a Christian fireman, I'm a Christian police officer, or I'm a, I'm a Christian duck commander guy, or whatever the case. Like, it doesn't matter what tax bracket you're in, what job you hold, what kind of status you've obtained. Like, we are considered equal to God. You know what I mean? Like, we are all the same. And, uh, and I, and I want to touch on that this morning and, and just kind of, you know, just get into it. So, um... You know, the thing that I've learned the most about love uh, in, in this journey I've been on is that it's a purposeful commitment to sacrificial action. You know, we, we often think of love in, in, uh, in the way society's presented it to us, the way that, uh, you know, we see it in the movies, this warm, fuzzy feeling, and, uh, and, and just something that we're supposed to give to receive. And, and the truth is, like, the greatest display of love on that cross was a purposeful commitment to sacrificial action. And, and I think that there's got to be a purpose and a commitment to our self-sacrifice for others. That self-sacrifice for others is us displaying love in the greatest way. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's this little girl. She's sitting at the dinner table, and uh, she was a friend of, of, of the family, and they had her over. And so the mom that was sitting at the table had made uh, buttered broccoli uh, as a side dish that night. And, and she asked the little girl, do you like broccoli? She goes, oh, I love broccoli. I love it so much. She's like, good, great. And so as the broccoli came around the table, she didn't take her portion, right? And, uh, and she's like, oh, you didn't get no broccoli? She goes, oh, I don't love it enough to eat it. You know? <laughs> right? But, hey, look, check that out. Don't we do that? Don't we do that with people? Right? Don't we do that with people? That's what we do, right? Oh, I love them. Hey, God bless you, brother. I love you. I don't love you enough to go over there, though. You know? I don't love you enough to go over there and say hi. I don't love you enough to come, to come clothe you, to come, to come put food in your belly. I don't love you enough to, like, get uncomfortable. I don't love you enough to, like, fight my fears, to show up and help you do something that I don't want to do. I don't love you enough to step outside my selfishness. We do that a lot. And, and like, you know, I'm not saying just like us as a church, just us as people. It's 2018. Society's jacked up, man. We're selfish. We're super selfish. And a lot of times we get caught up in our selfishness. I do it all the time. It's like last night when we went to go get the sticky traps, we go to Whataburger. I've been on a diet all week, and I was like, I'm eating a cheeseburger tonight. And, uh, and you know, we go to Whataburger, and, and we're in there, and we're eating, and I see this lady... 
I see this lady sitting over there, and, uh, you know, I could just tell that she was suffering. I could just tell that she was going through something, and I felt that tug on my heart to just go like, hey, are you okay? And, uh, you know, she's like, hey, well, yeah, I'm fine. My mother passed away not too long ago. I'm waiting on my ride to somewhere. And, uh, and you know, then I felt that tug on my heart that said, pray with her, Brian. Just pray with her. And, uh, and at first, that fear crept into my heart. Like that fear came into my mind that almost kept me from going into action. And, uh, and then I was like, no, tomorrow you're talking about it. You better do it, son. And so, and so, uh, and so, and so me and my buddy, we sit there, we pray for her, we get her something to eat. And then it, it, it was funny how, what happened afterwards, because after that happened, it was like the people of Waterburger that worked there, shots out to Waterburger, right? These people like came out and they gave her like food, they gave her money, they helped her out, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody just began to be more nice to this woman that was sitting there suffering based on seeing us pray for her and just be there. You know what I mean? Because like love is the thing that destroys barriers. You know, uh, I became a, a substance abuse counselor about a year ago. And uh, one thing that I've learned in doing that is that when you get vulnerable with somebody and you love them, it destroys a barrier that's built that keeps them from connecting to others. And so making connections is what God's asked us to do, right? He didn't just say like, hey, I want you to individually just love me and don't love anybody else. Of course, he wants us to like have our individual walk and love him and, and glorify him and be there for him. But he also he also has another truth, and that's for us as a body to like love each other and be there for one another and admonish one another and support one another. And, and, and I think that that's a very that's a very crucial element, because like if anybody uh, is, has been in recovery, you know that you can't get sober alone. You know what I mean? You can't get sober alone. You need people that are there for you to help you and guide you. You need accountability. It's iron sharpening iron as one man sharpens another, right? And that's what we need. So um, I think a lot of times it's very easy for us to love the people that are just like us, right? It's easy for us to love our buddy that wants to go sit in the deer stand with us. It's easy for us to love somebody that like looks like us, talks like us, acts like us, that we can relate to. But what's it look like whenever we're called to love the unlovable? What's it look like when we're called to love somebody that has done something in their past that we completely disagree with? What's it look like when we're called to love somebody that we're afraid of? You know, what's it look like when we're called to love somebody that has done us wrong? That's a very difficult thing to do. And man, us people in justifications, we'll figure out every reason on why it's okay not to. We'll add it up in our head and make it come together like, hey, no, it's cool, it's fine. Somebody else will love him. Somebody else will take care of that. I'm going to just pray for him from a distance. You know, I want to read you this, uh, this real quick. It's out, John 13. We've all heard the story plenty of times. But I, I think it's awesome how, like, Jesus, the Messiah... Right, The guy that could call down more than 12 legions of angels and wipe out the world, not once, but twice if he wanted to, he did this. It says, in uh, starting in verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet drawing them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
I mean, we're talking about Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, like just taking off his his jacket and like putting the towel around his waist and saying, let's go and wash your feet today. That's an incredible thing. That's a super incredible thing because even Jesus knew he was about to put his love into action, right? He knew he was about to make that purposeful commitment to sacrificial action. He knew he was about to display it on the cross. He knew he was about to do all these things, but still wanted to go the extra mile and get down and wash them boys' feet. Love you, Kurt. You know, and that's an amazing, amazing thing. And it's because we all know that we're doing good, right? Like we're all here Sunday morning. Us as a church family are together. We know that, that we're living it. We're walking it out. And yes, we're loving each other. But how many times are we really like just getting down and dirty with it? Going to the people that are unlovable, getting on our knees and washing their feet. I mean, it's tough to do. It's tough to do. These people are sketchy nowadays. Imagine trying to walk up to me washing my feet. Tell me I don't look scary. Hey, I already know I'm sketchy looking. You ain't got, hey. It's like this tattooed, bearded, weirded guy up here. And, and the truth is, I looked even sketchier when I walked through the door of this place four and a half years ago. Taper fade tattoos with dickies on. That was a joke. It's okay. You can laugh. I don't know if y'all know what dickies are. They're shorts. They're like... You know, it's first service. It's cool, baby. So, so, <laughs> oh, man, I love y'all. I love y'all so much. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, that love that we got to that we got to share for one another, man, it heals brokenness. And, you know, and if you think about it, wasn't it the love of Christ that restored us to the Father? Um, bandage and broken, brokenness, bandage brokenness gave us an abundance of joy. You know, that's like desperation is the doorway that breakthrough walks through. Okay, you got to be desperate to experience a miracle in your life. You got to be desperate to experience those breakthroughs. You got to be desperately seeking after the love of Christ. Because he desperately went up on that cross. He, he, did, he laid it all out there. He put a God sent his only begotten son to die on that cross for us. And the truth is he didn't just die to make bad people good. He died to make dead people alive. See, I was dead in my sin. I wasn't coming out that grave. The life I was living before as an atheist that didn't believe in God or anything else, like whenever I die, it's over with. Finito, son. But now, but now because I do know Christ and I know his eternal love and what he did for us, I come out the grave, right? I live with him forever in the kingdom of, you know, like that's, that's crazy. And, uh, and that's all of us here today too, but we're called to do some things while we're here, right? We're called into action. We're called to help one another. See, love should compel us to talk to the guy at church standing by himself. Love should compel us to include others in our conversation. Love should compel us to give more. To sum it up, even though love is not necessarily an action, it's emotion, it calls us directly into action. It's got to be displayed, just like it was for us. And you know, I think a lot of times, I, I met this guy in North Carolina. We did a few events together. His name's Tommy Lawrence. And this guy is a lot like, you know, some of us here. He's a, he's a farmer, you know what I mean? Doesn't just, he doesn't even have a cell phone. 
you know what I mean, just out there on a farm. And he's sitting at a concert one day, and he feels this tug on his heart to go minister to prisoners. This dude ain't never been in trouble. He ain't never went to jail. He doesn't know anything about prison. But he's sitting there at a concert. He feels a tug on his heart to go minister to prisoners. And uh, he starts up this ministry, and it's become uh, pretty successful. God has blessed it. And so I, I go up there. He's got, you know, Grammy Award winning artist helping out. I, I was fortunate and blessed enough to be able to go speak for him. And, uh, you know, we, we go, we do the event. We're back at the hotel, and we're talking. And, and I was like, man, you know, it's crazy how a guy like you, like, put this all in motion, didn't have any, any knowledge as to how to start a ministry, didn't have any knowledge as, as to how to go about it or anything else. And he says, Brian, I had to do it because for so long, he said, for 40 years, I lived in a spiritual no man's land. He said, I was too Christian to enjoy sin. I was too simple to enjoy Christ. I knew enough to be informed, but lacked the faith to be transformed. I was like, all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and man, that, that just hit me because I was like, there's so many of us that do that. We just, we get okay with being uh, marginal Christians. We'd be okay with just showing up and uh, checking the box, doing what we got to do. You know, hey, here, here, here's the thing. I'm a member of the church. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But like, but like when it comes down to it, when it comes down to doing the things that we don't want to do, hold up. We hesitate. <coughs> Excuse me. And so how does this tie into like us being one, right? It's because we're called to live in unity together. We love one another. We sacrifice our opinions and our ideas sometimes to live obediently and live in unity. How many married people we got in here? All right, that's a lot. If you're married, you know that you've had to sacrifice some opinions and ideas to live in unity. Right? I mean, you have to. That's what it's and that's what and that's what Jesus told us to do, man. That's what he that's what he asked us to do. He told us to live as equals, to sacrifice your ideas and opinions. Don't get caught up in the things that don't matter. Just love one another. True love is self-sacrifice. You got to sacrifice some of those things that you've been holding on to. You got to get rid of it because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I want to read you this out of Colossians. It's in chapter three. And uh, we're going to start in 11. And this is kind of just talking about the body, like how we're all equal. And we're, you know, here there's no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Like all of us together, Christ is in us. And so like it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you've been through, what kind of job you got like if i'm from the projects you're from west monroe whatever like that doesn't matter like in here we are one and he's in all of us and because he's in all of us and he looks down and he doesn't see our sin our shame he just looks down and sees jesus because of that sacrifice that is a very very powerful thing and that's a very awesome thing because it makes all of us relatable to one another you know it and whenever i first came to west monroe uh I, I went everywhere looking for a job. So I'll just kind of give you, I'm from Houston, Texas, been on my own since I was 13. I found my mom dead at 13, been in gangs, sold drugs my whole life, in and out of jail. And so, you know, long story short, I end up in West Monroe, Louisiana, of all places. And uh, 
And like I go everywhere looking for a job. McDonald's, Taco Bell wouldn't hire me. Taco Bell literally was like, hey, bro, we got to call a regional supervisor. We got your background's too bad. And, uh, and so I'm just driving down Thomas Road one day. I look over to my right. There's this big brown building. And I'm like, oh, that's Duck Commander. I, I'll just go in there and put in an application. My mindset was like, I'll go in, put in an application everywhere. That way, whenever I'm telling people how I have to sell drugs because society won't allow me to get a job, I can legitimately say I tried. You know, and so I go in there, put in the application. Long story short, they end up hiring me. I start working for them. And these dudes never opened up this Bible. They never pointed to any verses. All they did was simply love me. That's all they did, man. They didn't have to do anything out of the ordinary. They didn't have to they didn't have to prove to me that I was unsaved. They didn't have to tell me anything other than, Brian, we love you and we appreciate you. And then they gave me more and more responsibility. I was an atheist my whole life, man. Like, I, I spent so much time, like, being locked up and everything else that, like, I was, I would tell people, you're crazy for believing in God. Like, none of that's true. You're tripping. Like, science. You know, whatever. And, and, and it's like, and it's like, you know, but then I get here and I got these bearded rednecks showing me love. You know, it provoked my heart and my mind to something different. It was crazy because I'd never felt love before. I never knew my, I never knew my father, so I never experienced love from a guy. These dudes were loving me, super uncomfortable. <laughs> but but I mean like honestly that was the thing that changed my life. And I think a lot of times what we do, man, is we get caught up in like trying to bring people into like this sanctification process and like show them all these scriptures that prove it and everything, man, the truth is like love is the thing that destroys the barriers. Love is what saves people through God. Like God, God displayed love through the sacrifice of his son and that saves people. It's all about love. You cannot share the gospel without love. It's an impossibility. That's what we do here. We share the gospel. You can't do it without the love. And we're all considered equal. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That's, that's just cool itself, man. I love that. Like me, as a former gangbanger and drug dealer that has shot people, that has done things that I shouldn't do, is considered holy. I'm considered holy and dearly loved by the Father. Are you kidding me? Come on. You can't, it doesn't get no better than that. The creator of everything, the creator of all the things that we know and see, the things that we can't wrap our mind around, says you're holy and dearly loved. <laughs> That's right. It says, Close your, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. See, don't you get it, guys? Like, we got to get, we got to get over getting caught up in all the stuff that doesn't matter. All these differences that people have, all these opinions that keep us separated from one another. We got to get over that. Because if we don't, we're only hurting ourselves and we're disappointing our Father. You know, and I'll, I, sometimes I think, like, if I had Jesus in my in my passenger seat with me and I'm driving to church 
I wonder what he would think as we drove by 13 churches to get to the church that I go to. You know? Like if that's what he had in mind. Just being honest. Like that's what's been on my heart. That's what I think. Like what would he say? You know? Would he, would he be like, why are we, where are we going? I'm like, well, this is, where, this is where I like the music. This is where, this is where my family is, you know? He'd be like, that's good. That's good. He's like, he's like, well, why aren't we all together? You know, and uh, I think that I think that people could be if they just put away the little things that didn't matter. You know, they really could. Like all the things that we get caught up in, all the stuff that like we debate over, which is crazy in itself. Read the book; it says don't do that. You know, like like all that stuff. Like it really doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, we're glorifying the same God. We're trying to lift up the same God and. And, and praise Him. Like, why does the little stuff matter? You know, like, that's who we're doing it for. It's the same God. Be there for one another. Love one another. Love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as I have loved you. Right? So, I want to say all that to kind of, you know, just say this right here, man. You know, when we, when we talk about, like, proving to the world... That, uh, that Christ is the Messiah and that he came and he did what he did for us. You know, I, I always go back to uh, John 17. And, uh, and, you know, this is once again something that we've heard plenty of times, but, you know, this, there's a part in this verse that really gets me. Uh, and, it, and it just falls in line with my story because, you know, there was nothing that was going to prove to me that Jesus was real other than love. There was nothing that was going to show that to me. There was nothing that was going to change my heart, change my mind. It was love that did it. And that makes zero sense when you think about it. He said, uh, he says in verse 22 in chapter 17, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Right? One. Complete and total oneness together. That they live together as one. That's what he wants for us. This is his prayer to God before he's like going... Going to be arrested. This is, a, you know, he goes through all that stuff that he went through for us, being beaten, tortured, flogged, like, you name it, he went through it just so he could relate to us. All the pain I've ever experienced in my life, he can relate to that. He said, I and them and you and me. And this is the part that gets me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. May they be brought into complete unity to let the world know. Like, to let the world know, man. Like, we got to be loving one another and caring about one another in a way that it completely mind boggles and amazes the world. You can't mind boggle and amaze the world by, like, bringing up theological or archaeological facts and, like, putting things out there. There's always an argument and debate for that. But what there ain't a debate and argument for is true love. It doesn't exist. You can't argue and debate with a testimony of love and how it changed someone's heart and how it brought them from darkness into light, how it brought them from death to life. You can't argue with that. All right, I'm going to calm down. I know it's first service. You know what I'm saying? You get a little wild up here. I start throwing water around. That's a joke. But, man, it's true. You know, Christ said, let them love one another and live in unity to prove that I'm the Messiah. 
Like, that's how it's done. Like, we don't, and, and that doesn't make sense to us because to us, we naturally think there's got to be, okay, so you want, you want me to prove to you that Jesus is real? Well, let me show you all these Old Testament prophecies that came true. Let me show you these promises. Let me get the archaeological facts together. Yada, yada, yada. He's like, no, bro. No, bro. Just love them. Love them and it will show that I am real. Love each other and live in complete unity and it will prove that I am real. He didn't say, it's just like whenever, you know, they're, they're there at Jericho, they're trying to, we all know the story, right? And he's like, he's like, all right, we got to figure out how we're going to, like, you know, climb this wall. We're going to do this, blah, blah. He's like, no, no, bro, just walk around the city. Do what? Yeah, yeah, just walk around the city. That makes zero sense whatsoever. Right? But that's what God's plan is. It's a plan that makes zero sense whatsoever, but works every single time. Okay. If I'd have looked back on like God was telling me like, look, this is going to happen, Brian, and then this is going to happen, and then and I'm be like, dude, that don't make any sense. He's going to be like, I promise you, it's going to work. You know, I would have tried to argue with him four and a half years ago. But man, that's just what God's plan is. He's like, man, he, and and, it, and we're called to obedience. He says, walk around the city. You walk around the city. He says to love one another. And let your love for one another display my love and prove that my son came and died on that cross. You do that. You don't let nothing get in the way of that. These differences, your fear of, uh, of what a person looks like or what they've been through. Let me tell you something. I'm up here today because somebody didn't care about the things that I had done in my past. I'm up here today because someone loved me no matter the things that I've been charged with what I've went through, and there's plenty of people that are sitting in this room today that are here because of that as well. The guys that you look at and you see them all cleaned up and shirt tucked in and everything, these dudes were sketchy. They were sketchy. But somebody loved them. And that love changed everything. And if you deny or if you, or if you miss the opportunity to love somebody, you might be denying a chain breaker. Okay, because... One thing, I got a mentor, his name's Grant Taylor. We all know him. He's sketchy too. Um, but like, but like the truth is, like, he's, he's told me, he goes, Brian, you're a chain breaker. You've changed the, you've changed the path for your son. Like, I have a son. He doesn't have to experience the things that I've experienced because of my, the, the love of Christ that was displayed to me and, and, and this new journey that I'm on, right? And so like anytime that we fail to love somebody, because we're afraid, we're insecure, we don't know what to say, we might be lengthening that process for another chain breaker. You know? So that's my encouragement for all of you today, right? That's my encouragement that, that, that if we want to share Christ to others we show, and show the world that Jesus is real and that he's the Messiah, we do it by loving one another in a way that amazes the world. Also, that we don't let fear get in the way of us going and loving somebody. Because if you do, that's on you. That's like us getting the pitch, right? You stand there, you're up to bat, you get the pitch, and then you just do nothing. Just let the ball go right past. You do that three times, what's it called? Strikeout. So many times we strike out because we fail to swing. So I'm going to say a prayer for us as a family. I'm going to say a prayer for us as, as uh, believers. As people that are called to love one another. And, uh, man, I, I love you guys. Just looking across this room, I see everybody that I've admired and looked up to for the past four and a half years. 
whether you knew it or you didn't, whether I've ever talked to you or not, just your presence here consistently has made me admire you and love you and uh, look up to you. So, dear Father, we come to you this morning just uh, thankful, so thankful for what you've done for us at the cross, thankful for your grace and mercy, thankful for all the things that you give us that we don't deserve. Father, I just come to you this morning and I just pray, pray that you let fear leave, that you get fear out of the way of us sharing the gospel, that you call us to love one another. Father, I just pray that you help us to to live in unity together and not to get caught up over the things that don't matter. Father, that we just we just put aside our differences and, and we live together and love and admonish one another and lift each other up, Father. Father, I thank you so much. And I love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have a need today and would like to have prayer or be baptized or whatever need you have, you can come all together. We stand and we sing this song.